Today's program was brought to you by Bonnie Plants, bonnieplants.com. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey there, you're listening to Eat Your Words and Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway. So on the show, we usually talk about, uh, you know, guests who've written a cookbook, maybe a food politics book. Um, but every once in a while, I'm really excited to see a good fiction um, having to do with food. So today, I'm really excited to welcome on air the author of the Bake Shop Mystery Series. Um, her new book is called Meet Your Baker, and it's Ellie Alexander. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for joining, and congrats on your mystery series. Um, I understand that the next one is coming out in July this year, so I'll have to catch up with that one. But uh, this, <laughs> right. is, so this is Meet Your Baker, um, which I'm going. Th- I'm getting through. I'm hoping to bring to some more, you know, beach lazy beach days um, because it's so much fun. Um, but yeah, this is a really fun, really exciting collection, and uh, just wanted to congratulate you on that. Um, so, Meet Your Baker, just to back up, folks. Um, it chronicles um, a main character, Juliet, who is sort of at a crossroads. Um, she's got, had a divorce. She moves back to her hometown, a small town in Oregon, with her parents. Um, and she, her mom runs a bake- bakery, and that's where we start off. Um, so is this... Yes. And I know you're from the Pacific Northwest. Is this um, sort of like your turf that you're writing about, this little <laughs> yeah, world? I definitely yeah. have to write my turf. When mm-hmm. I decided I wanted to write a mystery series, particularly a culinary one, I knew I had to write what I know, um, and I know the Pacific Northwest. The series is set in Ashland, Oregon, mm-hmm. which is the home of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Right. So not only is it just a charming and sweet southern Oregon town, but it also has this very worldliness to it because visitors come from all over the globe to see Shakespeare under the stars in the Elizabethan theater. So I thought not only um, is the town a place where people want to come and visit, but it's also very dramatic. So weaving in a little bit of Shakespeare into the book has been fun, too. Yeah, I love how um, the character is named after, of course, Juliet, and uh, there's like a Hermia character somewhere there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, so, okay, so not to give away the plot or anything, but a little, um, you know, no sooner after Juliet, you know, lands herself back home, um, gets situated, cooking in uh, her mother's bakery does a murder take place <laughs> and she's dun, sort of dun, dun. <laughs> she's caught in it um, and um, you know there's love intrigues there's love triangles there's um, hopefully some some new love on the way for Juliet too but uh, if you don't mind Ellie I thought I would read a little excerpt from a dramatic oh, yeah, point okay. sure. alright I tucked my keys in my purse, flipped on the front lights, and paused. The mixers weren't churning, the fans weren't running, and the kitchen was plunged in shadows. Mom must not be here after all. Maybe Andy forgot to lock up last night, I thought as I made my way to the back. Something sticky and wet slipped under my foot. I grabbed the counter to steady myself. 
Carefully, I inched to the wall to, by the sink to find the lights. I gasped when the industrial lights flicked on. The concrete floor was coated in red. Jars of my raspberry jam had burst all over the island and floor. Shattered glass was in pieces like ice. Red liquid oozed off the side of the wooden butcher block island and dripped in a puddle on the floor. What happened? Did I miss a step in the canning process? I tiptoed around the island, navigating the mess. To my horror, more than jam greeted me on the opposite side of the island. Nancy Hudson was sprawled on the floor. Her white pants were splattered with my raspberry sauce. More red pooled around her head. I inched closer. That wasn't jam. That was blood. So that was the big moment. (laughs) I mean, this is this this I'm sorry, this mystery has got it all going on. Um, There's, you know, things I love Shakespeare. There's crumpets. There's. Um, actually, if I if I can give this away, the the poor Nancy here was murdered by a raspberry jam jar in a, in a mason jar. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of fun stuff here. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about you know uh, how you decided to to focus on a bake store um, as as a place. It, it seems like a little bit of a contradiction. Something so cheerful and bright and. Um, fun, but we all know that a kitchen there's a lot of dangerous stuff going on. There's knives and so forth. So, um, are, are you a chef yourself or a baker? Um, I am not a professionally trained baker like Jules. Juliet in the book is a culinary school graduate. She's been working for the last ten years as a pastry chef uh, for a cruise ship and seeing the world. And as you mentioned, she's returned home to Ashland brokenhearted. So she's home to mend her broken heart and, of course, to craft some beautiful pastries. Mm-hmm. I am a baker by nature. Mm-hmm. Growing up, my dad was an English teacher, and he taught honors Shakespeare classes. Mm-hmm. And my mom was a prolific mystery reader. So I sort of had this eclectic reading experience where she was reading these light and fun, cozy mysteries, I which see. is what... Um, this big shop mystery category falls into, which means it takes place in a small town or village with an amateur sleuth and not a lot of gratuitous violence. <laughs> totally, but although and- raspberry jam. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never look at a jar the same way. Um, That's right. No, but even before that scene, um, we met so many characters that really epitomize um, just a lot of, um, I guess, types we see around a small town. Um, For instance, Nancy seems like a real shark. She's like a cutthroat director or wealthy, um, I guess, patron of the Shakespeare Festival. And um, she's kind of like seen snapping at a lot of people. Um, was this yes, a type like a modern day Lady Macbeth? <laughs> right. Yeah. So a lot of people had motives to kill her. Um, was this based off of anyone you happen to know, or? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I fortunately don't know anyone quite like Nancy mm-hmm. in my real life, but I think she's sort of a, an amalgam of people. Um, you know, I did when I was working on uh, the first book, Meet Your Baker, I spent a lot of time in pastry shops and coffee shops. Mm-hmm. The Northwest is very known for artisan coffee, and I felt like it was my responsibility to readers to make sure they had an authentic experience. So I spent a lot of time taste testing, um, mm-hmm. which is just a horrible job, I have to tell you. But <laughs> There was one particular afternoon, I remember, I was kind of taking notes and watching the staff behind the counter, and there was this 
rude customer who came up and was berating the poor guy who was pulling her espresso shots Ooh. for, I don't know, 20 minutes. And so I was jotting oh down gosh. notes, and she was wearing white pants and a very, like, fancy suit. And I thought, oh, gosh, she, w- she would be someone that would be lovely to kill off. But I did yeah. not know her personally. So there right. are no Nancys in my real life. Right. Be careful if you're at a coffee shop. I might work you into a book. That's my (laughs) warning to readers out there. Be nice. Be nice to your baristas. They work hard. Right, right. Well, she does sound like that kind of entitled type, you know, walking into uh, a place of of food service. Um, um, You know, being that patron of the festival, everyone seems to kowtow to her. But um, getting back to um, the food that is sort of uh, sprinkled throughout this book, um, I just love that, you know, every once in a while I like took a double take because I was like, wow, that sounds good. I need to go make that right now. Um, for instance, Jules is writing on the chalkboard at raspberry Danish, mushroom tarts, summer cilantro salad, um, and of course her raspberry jams um, and so forth. So it, it definitely, I, I could definitely glean that there was like a serious... Uh, passion for baking behind this. Um, I'm curious when that um, sort of mingled with your passion for mystery series. Have you ever seen a book like this um, in this genre of baking mysteries, murder mysteries? (laughs) Yes, there are some. Really? It's a thing. Pastry and murder, they pair really well together. There are some books. In fact, I read um, a series growing up that I I loved um, that is set in Colorado uh, by Diane Mott Davidson um, that features a um, catering uh, chef who then, of course, stumbles upon murder. So baking for me has been a love since a young age. As I mentioned, my dad had this very serious Shakespeare reading for me, and then my mom with the Culinary Mysteries, they had similar styles in terms of their cooking. So hmm. food has always been a language of love in our family, and I continue that now. My dad would make layered torts. So in this book, the chocolate hazelnut tort that Jules bakes is my dad's recipe. Mm -hmm. And the raspberry Danish is my mom's recipe. Mm-hmm. I remember she would bake it on Saturday mornings when I was growing up, and it seemed like it took hours. And then when I made it as, as an adult, I think it takes 30 minutes. It rises once. It's really easy. Mm-hmm. So food um, and baking is definitely um, part of my love and culture and something that I think epitomizes uh, torts, the bake shop in the books, because it's a, it's more than just a bake shop. It's a gathering place. It's a place where people come for a cup of coffee and a slice of pie and then, you know, a listening ear, too. And right. I love that piece of creating a fictional bake shop, bake right, shop right. in my head. Yeah, Sometimes I forget that it's not real, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also something to be said for the sort of restorative aspect of diving into a culinary um uh, a job. So uh, I, I was reading shades of like Julie and Juliet, you know, when she was trying to kind of find find her next move, find her purpose in life, because um, her previous life had just sort of imploded. And, um, uh, you know, something like meditative and, and restorative uh, as baking, I think, is something that calls a lot of people into the kitchen. Um, is that the way you, you tend to feel about your baking experiments? Absolutely. I love getting lost in a recipe, and I think um, baking is so sensory, and you're in the moment, you're smelling it, you're feeling it, you're touching it. Um, It's such an escape, and and Jules definitely needs that. I like the fact that even though she has a broken heart, she's not broken. I feel Mm -hmm. like she's a really strong character, and I'm excited to watch her growth um, as the series continues to develop. And I also really like the idea of 
playing around with home and what home is because mm-hmm. she's been away from Ashland for a long time and she's returning home and it's not quite the same and she's not quite the same. So there are definitely some deeper layers um, and elements that I'm planning to weave in to the series mm-hmm. that um, just hopefully, hopefully um, show readers her growth over time too. Right, right. Yeah, because there's going to be more sequels. Um, but yeah, that, I, absolutely. <laughs> can we get a little sneak peek of what's what's next? Uh, does she find her her Romeo or? Um, what what else is the what's on the horizon as the next big mystery? What is on the horizon for Jules? Yes. Well, I think for Jules, she is going to have some love interest, but she needs this time to heal and find herself. And the place that she's going to find herself is in the kitchen while she is crafting beautiful pastries. The second book comes out, like you mentioned, uh, in just a week. Actually, oh wow, a batter. I gotta of hurry up reading death. that. <laughs> the titles are <laughs> wait the batter. Wait. I feel like when you say that, a knife, a pastry knife, should be like you know reaching out for you or something. A batter of life. In that. I see a batter of life. No, it's that's that's exactly what it should be. <laughs> yes. So in this book, there the Pastry Channel, which mm-hmm. is a fictional TV channel modeled mm-hmm. after the Food Network, is coming to Ashland to film their Take the Cake Challenge. And Jules is, of course, going to have to be participating in the challenge. There's a $10,000 cash prize at hand, and she wants new ovens for the family bake shop. So mm-hmm. she is going to be baking a Bavarian tort and, you know, experimenting with chocolate. When, of course, one of the contestants is buried in buttercream. Oh. Um, and she's on the case again. I know. Oh. Yes. Modern-day Nancy Drew of the kitchen. Um, all right. <laughs> So I'm going to look forward to Batter of Death, a Batter of Death, of Life, um, and Batter of, uh, life, yeah. better of Death, <laughs> um, and we'll be right back after a quick little commercial interlude. Answer to a better garden? Absolutely. It's the new free app, Homegrown with Bonnie Plants. Note, track, and photograph your garden's progress. Personalize your weather and reminders. Get variety info, grow guides, hands free dictation, and more. The Homegrown with Bonnie Plants app, the sharpest tool in your garden. Download it free on the App Store. Hey, hey, you're back, and we're talking with Ali El- oh, Ellie Alexander, the author of Meet Your Baker in the Bake Shop Mystery Series. Um, so, Ellie, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, 
the process of writing fiction and publishing it. Um, you know, I've, I'm so impressed and I'm really in awe of, of people who publish fiction because, or write it actually, because I, that's, that's really difficult to me, it seems. Um, but what was it like trying to get this book out and finding a publisher, which St. Martin's Paperbacks is, um, the publisher, by the way. Yes. Um, yes. What was your journey? uh, Well, I, um, of course, before I even start writing, I spend a lot of time actually sketching out the book because Mm -hmm. as a reader and growing up reading mysteries and culinary mysteries specifically, one of the things that I love is puzzling through the clues with the sleuth. Ah. So as the reader, you have the same opportunity throughout the story to figure out what Jules is figuring out. So Mm -hmm. Jules can't suddenly, you know, have this aha moment off stage or um, psychically reveal who the murderer is. All the clues are planted throughout. So I spend a lot of time sketching out the story. I always start with the actual murder. So when I saw that nasty woman being mean to her local barista, um, mm-hmm. I was happening to be making raspberry jam. We can raspberries wow. um, here in the summer in the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest. We go pick and then we make fresh jam. So I thought, ooh, well, jam and blood are kind of similar. Mm-hmm. What if Jules stumbled into the bake shop and she thinks it's jam and it's really blood? So that was kind of the start of um, the idea. And from there, I sketch out each suspect and what they're lying about or what they're hiding Mm -hmm. so that throughout the story, hopefully readers are constantly um, wondering if perhaps this suspect uh, could have done it, Mm -hmm. but you don't know until the end when Jules has the big reveal too. So I start with that and then I write a long outline so I kind of know scene by scene what's going to happen and then I start writing the actual book. Um, So that process takes yeah a good a good chunk of time i write about two thousand words every day wow which um seems like a lot but um i write start to finish once i'm in the middle of the story because i've done so much work ahead of time and i know where it's going i just write until the very end and i take notes as i go and then once i have a complete first draft i print it i set it away and i don't touch it for a little while wow and i spend time away from it baking watching a lot of the food network Uh going to bake shops doing all that kind of research experimenting with recipes and then i can come back to the manuscript with fresh eyes and really start editing so it's it's a long process but i really love the rhythm and the cycle of it you got it down That's really smart. Yeah, come back to it. I would probably keep rereading and rereading the same thing over and over, but that's a really good idea. Um, and when you say sketched out, like, the, the characters and their motivations, is this, like, I'm imagining when you were describing that, like, sort of, like, this map of folks and their relationships and there's, like, diagrams, or is it, like, just kind of notes? <laughs> oh, no. Um, if you, I'm talking to you from my office right now, and if yeah. I could take a picture of the walls, you might think, like, ooh, she's a little crazy. So, yeah. There oh, are, okay. Uh, I have giant whiteboards and uh, notes and character traits, and then I have photos up and lots of pictures of pastry, which is very distracting sometimes <laughs> when I'm writing. Lots inspiration of, um, board. cookbooks. I can spend a lot of time, like, flipping through cookbooks for inspiration, of course. Of course. Inspiration. <laughs> All right. So you got a mood board going on, and um, the whole first draft written first all right then what happens so do you do you write the whole thing first and the first draft or and then go back and revise it or at what point do you find the publisher 
Yeah, so I wrote the um, entire... The publishers usually want um, what's called a series proposal. Right. So you write 30 sample pages and then um, a brief plot summary for the next two books in the series because they like to buy these mysteries as a series. usually books of three. Yeah, okay. and then hopefully if they do well, they continue um, mm-hmm. to buy them in groups. So I did that first, and then once I've finished that first draft and spent some time away from it, done some baking, gotten my head in a different space, I come back to it and do mm, usually two to three rounds of edits myself. Then I send it to a group of early readers who give me feedback on it, oh, wow. and then I send it to my editor in New York who goes through it, and it's and then it's quite a process from there. Then it goes to copy edits, and yeah. page edits, then we get arc. So it, it's still it's a it's a long and a, a process, and a lot of yeah. people touch it, but I love that because everyone who touches it makes it better too. Absolutely. So the th- the thirty sample pages is that um, was that done like even before your sketches or. Did you just take an excerpt from your um, finished, more, like, polished draft version? Right, yes. Okay. So you want a polished um, manuscript before you start submitting. So mm-hmm. my agent is actually the one then who sells it to the publishing house. So he required a, uh, I want to say, uh, maybe 20-page proposal plus the sample chapters, and then you have a polished, ready-to-go manuscript. I see. So, the whole book is written before we pitched it to mm-hmm. publishing houses. And how would you pick those 30 pages? I mean, for anyone aspiring, you know, to write a fiction series, um, like what kind of, which excerpt, like what part would you read? Like the the murder scene, the end, the beginning? What did you do? Yeah, my, my agent says you write up to the body. Oh, so okay. you, you submit pages up until where the murder happens. So basically that clip that you, uh, those sample pages that you read at the beginning where Jules is coming into the kitchen and sensing that something is wrong and then seeing this red jam everywhere, that's kind of where the story ends. And then, of I course, see. you leave them wanting more, right? Yeah, what that's happens? smart. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. So, so um, you know, as a first-time author um, of mystery series, um, is it difficult to, like, because I know, like, nowadays with, like, nonfiction publishing at least, they all want you to be, like, this, um, like, well-followed platform blogger and so forth and be on every single social media channel that, that I've never heard of exists um, <laughs> and so forth. So, I mean, what's it like in the fiction world? It's kind of the same. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Um, It's not the days of old when, you know, you would send in a manuscript and it would all just magically get out there in the world. Mm -hmm. You really have to put yourself out there. I do a lot of book club visits and blog tours and uh, bookstore signings, mystery conventions, social media. Of course, I'm constantly like, oh, that's new. I'm I'm definitely not hip on the game of what uh, what's new. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I actually like that part because I do spend so much time in my head or really in right. Jules' head um, that it's a, it's a nice balance. I spend most of my days actually writing those 2,000 words. At the end of the day, I'll get out and take a walk just to kind of clear my head and center myself or go up to my kitchen and um, work on some pastry recipes. But then it's nice to get out and talk to readers, and it's so fun for me, and I hope that never changes, to hear readers' impressions of Jules and the other characters in the book. That just, that really fills me up. So. Absolutely. I, that sounds, I enjoy that part. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a great mix of, um, yeah, activities going on. So um, is, it, is it hard to sustain yourself um, in the meantime, you know, traveling a little bit, running book clubs? and writing being in your head um how yeah. how yeah <laughs> how does that work 
<laughs> it's uh, it's good. It's uh, it's uh, it's sometimes hard to juggle, but mm-hmm. um, no, it's good. I'm I'm having a blast with it, and um, because of the way the books are coming out, the third book in the series comes out this December already. That one is titled "Get Ready for It." Okay, on thin icing. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'm working on book four right now as we speak. I'm almost done with the first draft of book four. So there, I'm always ahead of where the books are in terms of the market. So that's fun for me. As soon as I've wow. finished yeah. a book, I'm already kind of itching. Like, okay, what, what's Jules going to do next? I get excited to start a new manuscript. Oh, that's great. So it sounds like you're working on the fourth one. So you have an, a, you have another series coming up or... Yes, that's my exciting news. The series has been renewed, so there will be three more books to come after this. So six for sure, and hopefully a lot more. I can dream up pastry and jewels forever. So I'm excited about that. Well, congratulations! That's really exciting news, and um, you know I'm definitely going to be sharing this around with all my friends who who love baking, but also just love a good mystery. So. Um, really cool. Um, one last question, I guess. We're, we're almost out of time. But, um, you know, what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out, wants to write fiction, um, maybe doesn't, you know, obviously like the sketches, that, that's really cool. But um, like what is a, I guess what's like a motiv- good motivational advice you would tell someone who's just starting out? Yeah, I think the important thing is just to write every day. The more you um, practice your craft, the better that you get. And for me, the dedication to writing every day, sometimes I come into my office and I think, oh, my gosh, you know, nothing's going to happen. I'm just going to sit here and bang my head against the wall. But as soon as I get into the flow and write, it just, it comes. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Believe me, those first drafts that I crank yeah. out, they, they need to sit That's for okay. a while because they need work. So don't, I would, I would tell um, an aspiring writer, you know, don't be so critical on yourself. Just, just write and um, perfect the art of writing every day. And then um, you will just like any other muscle in your body, improve and strengthen that skill set. Sounds a bit like baking, actually. (laughs) And cooking in general. Just keep doing it. And and sometimes in baking, you know, it's the mistakes that end up being the best recipes. You know, so just you put in it. an ingredient and suddenly you thought you were going to use vanilla and you use almond and you have this delicious almond cookie or right. whatever. So so just write. I'm, I love that. Just write. Yes. Write, write, write. All right. I'm going to try that. Thank you so much, Ellie. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us and sharing a bit about your wisdom. And I can't wait to see um, the next books in the Bake Shop Mystery Series. So thanks so much for joining. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks, everyone at Heritage. We'll see you next week on Eat Your Words. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 non-profit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.